0: Well, our culture speaks loudly about marriage and family and everything in between. But let me remind all of us that God speaks with authority. God has something to say, as we saw last week, that He created these things. And actually, let me bring us into this, is that God created three institutions. The three institutions God created, first of all, was the family. He created government, and he created the church. These are the three institutions that God created in order to bring order to this world. Of course, we're focusing primarily on the institution of the family. And we know that right now, this institution is being challenged on every front, and we've lost, notice at the center of this picture, is what God has ordained. And last week, I just raised the question, are we going to believe what the world says and all the opinions, or are we going to embrace the God who created it all? Right? It's just the question we asked last week. But what's happened is God is now being pushed out of the entire picture. And so the institution of the family is crumbling fast. And we know, because many of us right here have deep, deep, Father wounds right there's just a hole that's been created by a dad maybe that was abusive a dad that was absent a dad that did hard things in the family but it's not just dads is it many of us here are also experiencing hurt from a mother so we also have a mother wound and many here will testify to the pain the hardship the ache that has come from maybe a mom that has abandoned the family a mom that was abusive in the family a mom maybe that brought things into the family that were unhealthy but it doesn't stop there too many people forget about the children because marriage is built on the foundation as we saw last week of a man and a woman created in god's image Often procreation, right, there's children, and children are being lost in the shuffle. And so now, there's a huge fallout that's coming from children experiencing the brokenness of this institution called the family. So this morning, as we move into our message, I wanna ask a very simple question. I'd like you to dwell on it, and here's the question. Is it wise, Is it wise to follow the world's move towards blurring the identities of men and women? If what we said last week is true, that God created us male and female, that he had a plan and established an institution of marriage, the foundation of the family, is it wise for us to blur the identities? So this morning i want to focus on women i want to focus on what god planned in the family for women if you have your bible will you open with me to first peter chapter 3 first peter chapter 3 if you're able to stand could i invite you to stand i want to read the first six verses of first peter chapter 3 the apostle peter writes this likewise wives be subject to your own husbands. Even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of the hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything That is frightening now that I've offended half the church (laughs) let's pray father almost everything you say today father has a way to offend which is just the opposite of what you meant it because you're a father of love and you wanted to put institutions in place That would provide for women and protect them that would cause them to flourish that their beauty would be magnified and it would be majestic so God wherever we are with everyone here help us hear your words as we ponder that question as we think about what is really wise in the midst of a collapsing culture we pray in Jesus name amen amen you may grab a seat and of course this passage penetrates deeply into the direction of marriage right it just lays it out but let's be really clear it is not a marriage manual it is not a marriage manual what god is doing through the apostle peter is speaking about some very precious things that I want to bring out this morning. Here's the first idea I'd like to bring out. That is that God affirms and empowers women. Regardless of what our culture says, regardless of where things are going, God created women. He had a plan for women. There's a purpose in what he was doing. And it's beautiful, it's majestic, and it's holy, as we'll see. And what I want all of us to know is that God's plan is bigger and more expansive than we could ever imagine. As he was ordering creation, as he was ordering societies, even with the institution of government, God had a plan and women are a strategic part of the plan now next week pastor brad will be bringing us into the strategic plan the dynamic that men bring to the family and so we'll pick that up next week but this morning i really want to focus on this area of women so we see here in verse 1 it says wives right Verse 1, likewise, wives. Now, I highlighted a couple things so that you can see where I want to press into. It says, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Now, I circled the so that because that's a purpose, so he's wanting us. Now, you can read this as Peter writing this, but what you need to remember, as I said last week, I want to keep bringing this back, this is not just a man with some opinions about how he thinks marriage should be no the scriptures are are written by people but moved by the holy spirit so that we can say these are the very words of god let me just say it a little differently these words show the heart of god it reveals it reveals his love for women his care for women even though It's been abused. We'll say a little bit more in a moment, but let me just say, there has been a lot of abuse of women in the home and in the Christian home, and that is wrong, and it needs to be called out. But because something has been so wrecked, most often by men, doesn't mean you pervert or change the plan that God had. What it means is you call out the abuse as we seek to understand God's plan. So let's look a little closer. It says, be subject to your own husbands for this purpose that they may be one notice what the apostle peter is doing as he wrote this under the inspiration of the holy spirit is he's talking about this area of submission having a purpose and the purpose is that a husband might be one to the lord now this is in a context here where there was men often threatened by the faith of a woman can you imagine that This big, strong man is threatened by the faith of a woman. And that her faith in Jesus Christ would undermine the home. So what Peter does is he brings this purpose to the idea of winning his heart to Jesus Christ. Now I know that sounds just like words. But let me penetrate this a little deeper. What God is telling us this morning is that women you have an opportunity to touch an eternal soul for eternity you get what i'm saying women wives you have an opportunity to impact an eternal soul by the choices you make god has entrusted to you an eternal soul that's how Peter is anchoring this in the passage this morning and so as we think about the abuse that has happened to so many women it never ever is justified and I am so glad In the 21st century, more and more and more of this is getting called out. What grieves me is that the church was not on the cutting edge and the front edge of putting light on this area, but that day has come. We at Fox Ellie Church want to put light on this situation. Women cannot be abused and should not ever tolerate the abuse and so we want to be on alert that there are wrongs that can take place even in a christian home that need to be called out and the church needs to rally around these women we need to rally we need to believe we need to trust and we need to press into this very difficult area But Peter is laying it out. And I want to contrast this a little bit because Paul writes something very similar. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes this. His wives, submit to your husbands. There's that word again. And Pastor Brad will be talking about the role of men next week in a big way. But look what he says, submit to your husbands, and then the four is circled. He doesn't say it's a purpose, but he says it's a reason because your husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now here's the weight of it all. Is it Paul doesn't anchor it in reaching your husband's soul, Paul anchors it in anchoring it in the church. And the church is God's vision for the world. The church is the hope of the world because the church carries a message of hope. And so that we are not confused on what that message is, remember the message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, did I say no one? No one goes to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. And that is offensive in our culture. But that's what Jesus said. Jesus said those words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's the message of the church. We need to trust Jesus Christ. He is the hope so when paul links marriage to the church what he's saying is the man should operate and roll like the husband or the husband like jesus christ that the man the husband should roll and operate like jesus christ well how did jesus operate jesus was kind He laid down his life as a sacrifice and he served. There's this sense in the home then of power that would come through that. So Paul anchors it, the marriage in the church. So as we know, the marriage in a Christian life is a picture of eternal, transcendent, Truth. So when a husband loves his wife and when a wife responds, it's like Christ loving his people and his people responding. Now, how does the church respond to Jesus Christ? The church responds by yielding to the Lord. The church responds by submitting to his kingship. The church responds by being a subject of the king in his kingdom. And so the marriage is to be a picture of what this is like as men live the way they should live and as women operate but what we have done is we've so adulterated the word submit we just have obliterated it so that there's no more beauty in what God intended and that was a connecting of maleness and femaleness in relationship that is beautiful and that gets worked out in every marriage a little differently every marriage has to work through and walk through what does this look like in our relationship but the context the context of it is established and that's where both peter and paul under the inspiration of the spirit are writing so now with that a little bit as a backdrop let's go back to our question is it wise so let's ponder that just for a moment is it wise to follow the world's move towards blurring these identities. Well, the way the world looks at it is through self. Everything is about the self. We focus on ourselves. So what does that mean? I get to choose my gender. I get to choose my identity. I get to choose the kind of marriage I want. I get to choose whether I want to stay in the relationship. I get to choose whatever I want to do. We have individualized it to an extreme degree. That's where the world is pushing us. And it's loud and it's clear. And let me just say it this way. It is the spirit of the age in which we live the self whatever makes me happy that's what i'm going to do that is what i'm going to pursue it's not what god had in mind all through the scriptures whether you start in genesis or you go all the way to revelation you're going to see something in contrast to that and that is community serving and sacrifice community God intended for us to live in relationship not where we exalt the self not exalt the individual but where we live in community so the institutions I talked about the institution of a marriage as a foundation of the family that's the community the institution of the church That's what we should be as a community of people. So much of what the Bible describes about the church is that we're a family. That's why we're so often called brothers and sisters, that we care for each other. We love each other, we serve each other. And that is why I'm so excited about what was happening in Romania, is it's an opportunity for a church here to come along brothers and sisters there to serve people that need to be served that are probably far from God as they love on people. But notice the other word, serving. Isn't that what's supposed to happen? Is the husband is supposed to serve his wife? And the wife's supposed to serve her husband? And the parents serve the children? That's what the church is supposed to do. God has given us gifts and abilities and skills so that we can serve. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served but to serve. So if we're going to follow our head, Jesus Christ, let's follow him into serving. But then there's the last word, sacrifice. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And let's finish the verse. And to give my life as a ransom for many. The ultimate sacrifice instead of the ultimate selfishness that we see happening. I'm not happy today, so I'm out of this relationship. I'm angry at this situation, so I'm leaving. I've been so hurt emotionally and psychologically, I'm fleeing. Well, let me put a parenthesis on this. There are sometimes cases where the emotional psychological abuse is so great you need help and there does come a time when you gotta separate god never intended women to be abused physically or to a degree like that now i want to be careful we all say do but i'm talking about hurtful destructive patterns of psychological and emotional abuse listen to what it says in james chapter 4 now james is jesus half-brother he writes this you adulterous people Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? You can't be a friend with the world and friend with God. It says, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So as we ponder this question, James chapter 4, verse 4 says this. It says, you can't be a friend with the world and have friendship with God. Make your choice. Make your choice. Make your choice. No one can make it for you. The dignity that God accords all of us, men and women, is that we can choose. Are we going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ or are we going to serve the world? Now, I want to go a little deeper. Some people say that Jesus Christ never had anything to say about homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and on and on, what we call the LBGQ+. Let's be really clear. Jesus did have something to say, and he spoke very clearly. Let me just read what he said out of Matthew 19. Jesus said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female?" just because he doesn't use the words we use, just because he doesn't use the language that we use, just because he doesn't diss or pour on, but rather cast a big vision for marriage. Let me finish. And he said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one. What a beautiful expression that Jesus was casting a one-flesh relationship so that they are no longer two but one. What therefore, listen carefully, God has joined together, let no one separate. So Jesus cast a vision. Just because he didn't say it the way our world wants it said doesn't mean he wasn't putting boundaries and parameters on the plan as offensive as that is in our world today so Peter lays this out we need to ponder this question that the world says self says individual the Bible says community, serving and sacrifice is just three key words that capture the kind of family and the significant way the wife, plays into that. But Peter had a little bit more to say. Let's look at this in chapter 3 verse 3 and 4. He says this, but do not let do not let your adorning be external But skipping to verse 4, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. So Peter is driving it where our world never wants to go. Our world only can look at the external. The world can only look at skills and gifts and abilities because that's all external. But what God looks at is the hidden treasure of the human heart. That's why wives winning their husband is so miraculous. It's why he presses us into where is the heart. What does God look at? Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2 you want to know what God looks at? He tells us I look at the humble heart and the one who is gentle or as Peter says here the gentle and quiet spirit. That quiet spirit is what's captured in Isaiah chapter 66. So what God is wanting us to do is focus on the internal, the focus issue of the heart. Proverbs 31:30, 30, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You know what Jesus said in his most famous message, Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. You know what he said? He makes it so so clear, the Father sees the hidden workings of the heart and rewards them. So ladies, do you want your reward here on earth to get the applause of men and people? Or do you weigh things out and say, in the big scheme of life, what I want Is the approval of God because that's what reward is talking about it's talking about God approving so there's this hidden person of the heart so let me just tell you what I wrote down ladies you're not here to be popular with the world you're here to know and fear the Lord. You're not here to be popular with the world. You're here to know and fear the Lord. That's a powerful truth. You will never, ladies, stand up anywhere and give an account to a famous politician, a famous spokesperson, or even, if you will, a famous movie star. But one day, all people, but ladies in particular right now, you will give an account to God Almighty. So let me press a little more into what John wrote. He says, "...and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding." God's Son, Jesus Christ, has come and he has given us understanding. 1 John 5, verse 20, so that we may know him who is true. We know truth through Jesus Christ. And we are in him who is true. And then he writes, little children, keep yourselves from idols. We have a proneness to idolize the things of this world. So now let me just close with a couple things that some women in our church have said. I reached out to them and I said, help me, (laughs) help me. What do you see as a godly woman that is distinct from men? And so one of the words that came up over and over was nurturing. So one woman said this, anatomically, my body provides a softer, more physically appealing place to cuddle. Smoother skin, softer hair, dips and curves that welcome children. Softer, smaller hands. This is just coming from women in our church as we try. As our culture obliterates the distinctions, this is what one mom said. Is it true of every woman? No. Is it true that some men have some of these features? Absolutely. But as a general characteristic, there are some distinctions that ladies in our church are trying to say. Here's what another one wrote. I think that although men can be emotionally in tune and can be a certain amount and do a certain amount of mothering, the term is named that for a reason. Without that strong sense of emotional security that a mother provides, God's mental emotional design is corrupted and that affects how we mature and seek stability in our futures. thought there was a great insight there. Here's what another mother wrote. The first thought that comes to my mind is a nurturing role. Maybe it's just our family, but I notice that my husband is quick to address or focus on behavior, and I'm more tuned into my kids' hearts. What is their motive? What are they feeling that is causing the behavior? Notice the distinction. Not that some men don't look beyond, but men often look at the external behavior. They're wired differently. Here's what another woman wrote. I feel these qualities, tenderness and emotion, uh, helped our children develop A tender heart for Jesus and others. Notice the impact on the home, the eternal impact of tenderness towards Jesus and others because Jesus sees that and help them be compassionate. Things that a mother brings that a father cannot. Now, I'm not saying that every woman said this perfectly, but what I did sense with every woman, there was a humility as they struggled in our culture to speak about something that's so hard to speak about. Their physical aspects like creating the baby in our world this woman tied it she's a young woman a new mom she tied it to her womb not that every mom gets a baby this way and she was careful to say that carrying it for nine months moms also have the physical ability to nurse the baby for food and just overall provide a nurturing from the start Let me hit a couple more. As a woman, I also brought a generally greater willingness to address health and wellness issues. Moms are often more alert to the health, the vitality, the being of the child, right? Practice health care, you know? Fathers, I don't care if you shower, shower next week. B.O., what's that, right? I mean, but moms are attuned and it goes deeper than that, right? They won't push things down and minimize moms do it on the whole with the family including their husbands there's a lot of truth in that what men just don't raise your hand but what man goes to the doctor without a wife often saying go to the doctor (laughs) i'll just raise my hand right here's another one i see their personalities preferences and behaviors much more i think that brings stability and consistency most moms give birth nurse and care meticulously for a child since birth. There's an intimate knowledge of that child that moms have that dads don't. There are some connections. And these get hard to describe. I'm not saying there aren't ever exceptions, but nurturing was one of the key words. Let me give you another key word. Chaos coordinator. <laughs> this is the home manager, the one who cares for the home, kind of takes care of it. When it comes to family dynamics, I view moms like the dark Knight of Gotham. And then she writes, weird, but go with me. Moms are past, see past the surface level. They know the inner workings of their homes better than most and what their kids and their husbands need or will need. There's some insights. We call this intuition, don't we? Let me skip to the next one. For me, as a mom, I see more of the details, taking care of the kids' needs and also seeing the details in our lives sometimes way before the men do right there's just some traits here dads could be often dads could often be big picture and shoot for the stars mentality but mom was logical detail oriented and well-rooted i mean what do we got a bunch of guys out (laughs) and they're not saying that right what they're trying to say is moms are dialed into some details here Moms are alert to the things and surroundings of people. My husband was our visionary, and I was the implementer. As the implementer of those plans, it found creative ideas to get the family to do them. I felt my role as a mom was to add to the nurturing things of our family and make special traditions and memorable birthdays. A lot of dads maybe wouldn't do that. Not saying there's no dads who wouldn't. Let me hit the last one, last category, relational navigator. Moms often understood the way intricate dynamics of their child's relationships and friendships. They understood what's going on in a way that men often don't. Moms remember friends and names and characteristics. I think I brought a level of greater comfort with engaging and exploring my emotions, but then goes on, this allowed me to model that for my kids and help them process and put words to what they were struggling or were feeling. Moms often help in that role. Moms provide emotional stability and a welcoming presence. The challenge of the teenage years when you know something is off, but they won't admit it. A mom's intuition. Something's not quite right here, right? Oh yeah, everything's fine, and then the mom steps in. The last one is, only I, not my husband, can teach my girls how to be a woman. There's a lot of things about being a woman that men just will not grab generally. But women can do that. So much more to say. What I want to leave with this morning as I close is that God has this big, robust picture for women. And it's beautiful. We will let the words of the Scriptures percolate and change our hearts and shape our homes. That's the challenge in the midst of a world that stands opposed to everything God has to say. Father, speak to us. Speak to us. Help us to celebrate you and rejoice in you and your work that we, God, would follow your plans, your ways, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how troubling it is, God, help us to do this. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.